Father Preston. Rudy. Welcome to In the Pews. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making your way all the way over here to, um, you know, to, to our area, to Fullshire. How do you pronounce your last name? Quintella. Quintella. But I always uh, use a very simple pronunciation, Quintella. Quintella. But it, the official pronunciation is Quintella. Quintella. Yes. Okay. And are you from a Hispanic background? Uh, my fa- on my father's side. On your father's yes. side. And how about your mom's side? Uh, here in the States. Uh, uh, born in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. And then that's, um, what? what's her ethnic background? Uh, German. German. Yes. Okay. So German, Hispanic. Yes. Quintella. Yes. Now, did you grow up here in Houston? Yes. Uh, no, not in Houston. In Texas, yes, but not in Houston. Where in Texas? Fort Stockton. It's about 500 miles west of here on Interstate 10, halfway between San Antonio and El Paso. It's a little dot in the map. If you blink, you passed it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those small towns. Yes, yes. So just like how many people in your town, you know, uh, growing 8, up? 8,000. Okay. Yeah. That's not too small. No. Uh, did you grow up Catholic? I did grow up Catholic, nominally at best, I would say. So mm, every Sunday, most Sundays, you go it, to church? No, actually, I went to Mass every single Sunday. Uh-huh. And even at some point, my mom, in her conversion, uh, we started to go to Mass every day because she just had this new fire. And I thought, who's oh. this lady? You know, it's <laughs> going from one extreme to the other. Uh, and I was an altar boy for about 10 years, but I say nominally, I didn't understand the why. Okay. And, and that's why I say nominally because like, well, I'm just doing this because my mom and dad are making me. I went to confirmation because my mom and dad made me go and uh, type of attitude. Uh, but nonetheless, the seeds were definitely planted. Uh-huh. Uh, a foundation was laid. You knew all of the practices and all the of practices, that. The prayers, the, the you... road pray, uh, pray, rosary and all that stuff. But I could not tell you. Why I do it? Uh huh. What what triggered your mom? Did she go on a retreat or something? No, I think it was more my dad's solid conviction. And my dad uh, uh, grew up in an era of pray, pay, and obey type of Catholicism. Okay. Again, he couldn't tell you the why. He had a strong faith that was given to him by his mom, who had also prayed for a priest in the family. Uh, but he was uh, convicted that our kids will be raised Catholic. They're going to be baptized Catholic, and they're going to go to religious education. They're going to go to mass, and you know she kind of grew up hodgepodge of this and that, and uh-huh. and eventually, and my parents divorced also uh, when I was young. My, I have two younger sisters, and uh, so whenever we were with my mom, we would go to literally every denomination in the town of Fort Stockton, and and so finally through that uh, that quest, a pursuit of truth, you know, she came to this realization, you know, the Catholic Church is it, and so uh-huh. she went through the RCI process and. Uh, learned and uh, was welcomed in, in the church when I was uh, in junior high. Oh, so she didn't grow up Catholic? No, she did not grow up Catholic. She grew so, up with a denomination. I don't even know. Uh, again, there was nothing. I know for a fact it wasn't like Baptist or Methodist. Uh-huh. It wasn't like a sp- specific long-term uh, um, practicing of whatever it was. It was just like, we'll go here, we'll go there. Okay. Uh, with my grandparents, her parents. Pretty much non-denominational yeah. is the way she grew up. Yes. But then you said she when she, she went to different, she yes. took you all to different churches, yes. huh? Yes, I mean, we were Lutheran, Church of Christ, Baptist. How old were you at that point? Uh, somewhere between seven and 10. So you pretty much remember going to those different Oh yeah, places. I do, I do. And then your mom said- this is where we're going. This is where we're going, yes. And then it's been that way ever since. And, and she went through the whole RCIA process. Yes, huh? yes. And wow. So, yeah. 
And then again, when we were with my dad, and my dad was non-negotiable. Like we were going to mass. Oh, whether or not, I mean, no matter where your mom ended up. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I, I thought that was. I remember that very vividly. It was a very powerful um, witness to me uh, at the time. So he grew up Catholic. He grew up Catholic. Yes. Okay. What? Uh, where did he come from? Where did he grow up? Uh, there in Imperial, which is about I'd say twenty miles, twenty-five miles north of Fort Stockton, very okay. on a farm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was at some point, his grandparents, I don't know the whole history of my on my dad's side, they were born and raised in Mexico and then at some point migrated over. Uh, so his parents were born and raised here in the States or here in Texas. Uh, but yeah, he grew up there in, in small, I mean, like 500 people. Wow. That, yeah. that is a small town. Yes. Now, what parish did you go to growing up? At the time, it's called St. Joseph's there in Fort Stockton. So now it's, uh, there were two Catholic churches there in Fort Stockton, uh, but it's since, I think maybe five, eight or so years ago, the bishop merged the two. So it's like, there's still two um, uh, geographical areas, Uh uh, parishes, but they're, it's under one parish now. Okay. So So two buildings. Two buildings, yes. One parish. Yes. Okay. And then what brought you here to Houston? Did you, did you move here for college or? Yeah. So I graduated college in May of 2004 from Angelo State University. And and my Catholic faith was, again, it was on the surface. Okay. No no death to to why I was Catholic. But I remember I broke up with a girlfriend uh, in May of 2004, graduated from college finally. Uh Took me a while. And then my father had heart surgery that summer. And it was a very impactful summer, but I knew that I, at least on, at that time, I wanted to coach college football. Uh-huh. I had some friends already in that profession and I had grown up uh, an athlete playing sports. And I just remember, you know, I think I was a senior in high school saying to myself, like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to coach football. And so I moved out here one uh, and start, well, I wanted to start my, uh, um, career path, but also, you know, take graduate school classes uh-huh. in uh, sports management. Wow. But also uh, with the breakup of the girlfriend and my father having heart surgery and just seeing him in a state that I'd never seen this, you know, oh. invincible man in, in my eyes before, like, uh-huh. wait, my dad is going, he's going to have surgeries. And so it just left me shattered. And I said, I wanted answers to why I was Catholic. And I didn't want uh, to put my family, at least at the time I thought, a wife and kids through a divorce. Like I wanted to be a good, solid, Christ-like man to my uh-huh. wife and kids. And so that's why I moved out here to Houston. It wasn't, priest, it was not even on the radar. Really? So even time. through high school and college, no, no thought of it whatsoever? There was a thought here and there, like just because of, uh, you know, being an altar boy growing up. And I actually mm-hmm. had a good priest uh, mentor, my pastor there in Fort Stockton, who I still keep in touch with today. Uh, left a good impression of priesthood and just a good solid witness to you know the priestly vocation and, and spiritual fatherhood. But what's I, his name? Uh, Father Joe. Father Joe, and he's still there. He's in Austin. Is uh, Bishop Vasquez? Okay. Yes, is uh, uh, my godfather and the pastor that I grew up with. Wow. So your dad and that pastor were pretty much like your your father figures. Yes. Growing up, it helped shape your faith. Yes. So then your so you said your dad's surgery got you digging deeper. Yes, so that 
those two events were monumental that summer, uh, the breakup of the girlfriend and, and my father's uh, heart surgery that uh, July of 2004. And I just began to ask some serious questions like, what is the purpose of life? Why am I here? Uh-huh. What, what am I going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. So this, that's why I, I, so I was also searching for a grad programs. I was looking at Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, uh-huh. you know, in uh, sports management. And so the University of Houston had that program. And that's why I moved out here. And uh, Bishop Vasquez was already out here at the time. And so he was the only one I knew here. And so that helped with the decision. So I started that semester at U of H in sports management. And uh, But also the the faith uh, was beginning to grow. Okay. I attended a uh, uh, an awakening retreat um, through the University of Houston Catholic Newman Center and really just uh, lit a fire in my heart that I never experienced before. And met some good friends, too, that were living out their Catholic faith and still keep in touch with him today, but the, the language of priesthood and, you know, how, you know, vocation and discernment, I, new language, these words were so new to me. Like I never oh, wow. vo- vocate. I don't have a, I'm not called to be a priest and, you know, <laughs> what discernment, like I'm not called to be a priest. Like that's those words. When I heard those growing up, that's what I associated uh, those words with was priesthood and religious lives. Like, uh-huh. no, I want to get married. I want a wife. I want kids. I want to coach football. And that was it, you know? Uh-huh. So. And you had people talking about their vocation as parents and yeah. as, as single people. Yeah. And, and so that really surprised you. Yes. Yeah. It was a huge surprise. And uh, just, uh, you know, being out in the desert for so many years and you've come to this oasis of, of friendship and a newfound uh, understanding of the Catholic faith and all the traditions, the saints. And, and, and it really just, again, that, that fire began to grow, grow and burn. A deep within me. And I wanted to share that. I wanted to know like more of God, what do you want out of me? I'll do whatever you want. And uh-huh. uh, scary thought and expression, you know, to say that to God, like I give you permission. And that's what I did. Cause I, at least in, in my mind at the time, I thought, yes, I'm going to find a good Catholic woman here in Houston. Uh-huh. I'm going to start my career. We're going to get married. We're going to have 11 kids. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, my heart remained open. And so the, the priest did was slow. I mean, very slowly started to uh, grow on me as I started to learn more about our Catholic faith. So you were on fire the way your mom was. Yeah. When you when you were younger. Yes. Yes. So you experienced <laughs> that, like, oh, this is what mom went through. Yeah. And then, so you started learning more. But at what point was it that you were like, okay, maybe I'm not going to be a football coach. Maybe I'm called towards something else. Yeah. You know, so I was oscillating uh, back and forth for. You know, it was a five year discernment process for me from the time I moved out here to uh, Houston in, in August of 04 to the time I was accepted in May of 2009. So it was gradual. And I do mean gradual, a lot of fighting, a lot of wrestling with God and and uh, the discernment of spirits and going on retreats. And so I said, okay, God, this is, you know, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Catholic man, you know, and I want to do your will. Uh-huh. And you put this on my heart um, and I was scared. I was frightened, you know, going on a, a discernment retreat at the seminary, like just stepping on the grounds of a seminary was frightening for me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I'm like, what am I doing here? This is scary. I don't want to do this. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. Were you in denial? Like, no, this is not for yes. me the whole time. Oh, hundred percent. I don't know, just the, the Holy Spirit, you know, convicting me like, okay, you, and I was also measuring it how I was living my life. Mm. And and the shallowness of of what that brought me the 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 misery the the emptiness the pain 
of some of the very poor and moral decisions that I had made in my life. And I thought, okay, God, I, I'm going to trust you because I know that I didn't trust you before. And I know that I try to figure things out and do things without you in my life. And this is the pain and heartache that it brought me and you know family and people that I was acquainted with. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try this path. I don't fully understand. And uh-huh. I'm scared, God, and I need answers, but I'm going to move forward. So while you were in this process, this five-year discernment process, did you have some friends who were like, what are you doing? This isn't you. What's uh, going on here? <laughs> so there, there, there are different, uh, um, I guess, groups. So mm-hmm. the people that I grew up with in high school and in college, yes. What is Preston doing? He's thinking <laughs> about priesthood. But then the people that I met here in Houston mm-hmm. were excited because, again, I had surrounded myself with, with uh, good Catholic friends that, mm-hmm. that had God uh, on the forefront of their, their minds and hearts and, and you know, priesthood, religious life, uh, marriage, uh, whatever it might be. You know, like, this was like their, they ate and drank Catholicism. Uh-huh. So it wasn't a shock. I mean, it was, they challenged me, you know, like, hey, what are you afraid of? Yeah, you know, just do it. I mean, just at least apply, or you know, go on these discernment retreats and see what it's like. Yeah, if you if you don't become a priest, it'll make you a better better father. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I didn't know that at the time. Like uh-huh. I thought, well, okay, am I signing up to be a priest now? <laughs> so just like wrestling with all these oh, wow. questions and like, what's you know, if I drive onto campus, they're going to lock me in there and not let me out. They're going to force me to sign on the dotted line and. <laughs> You know, just kind of under- that is scary if yeah. you think that's the way it works. Because I was trying to figure all this out on my own for the first time. Nobody had walked with me uh-huh. um, prior to that because you know just how I grew up, and um, so the more that I talked with people, more I talked with priests, and even I started to meet seminarians at the time. Like, no, no, this is so through that pro- that that struggle and the doubts. Then yes, they started to answer a lot of my questions. So, At what point did you finally say, okay, I'm going to go into the seminary. I'm not going to pursue, you know, being a football coach. Yeah, there there were actually, in 2006, I decided to apply the seminary for the first time. Uh, Father Clint Ressler was the vocation director at the time, and I got to know him. I'd been on a few uh, discernment retreats at the seminary, both here at St. Mary's and at Holy Trinity Seminary in Irving. And I was already teaching physical education at Rusk Elementary School. Uh, so I started that in August of 2005. And so I was, like I said, I was, I was out in the desert for so many years. And uh-huh. I was just thirsting. I was dry inside. This interior life was dead. And I came upon um, the, the lives of the saints, the teachings of John Paul II and uh, the theology of the body. And I just soaked it up like Jeremiah 15, 16. I devoured your words. And so it started to seep into my heart and mind. And, and also, so again, the surrounding myself with these uh, Catholic friends. And uh, so this priesthood language was, was common. And, and I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to apply. Uh-huh. So we met with, I met with Father Clan. We started the process and I was denied. Oh, really? Yeah. And do you know uh, why? I do. Uh, because of the, uh, the divorce of my parents. And, oh, wow. And, and I was very, it was hard uh, uh-huh. You know, I went through the whole process, you know, the psychological evaluation, the interviews and, and, but I was very grateful, you know, looking back on, I was so grateful that, you know, the process has improved and okay. um, over the years and, you know, that was part of it, you know, to. So it's different now. Yeah. It's much different now. Okay. I mean, so when I went through it uh, then, 
And I was, I was grateful because even though we, yeah, we pray for priests, we need more priests, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we were broken. And so my brokenness, uh, you know, as a young, young boy and uh, the dealing with the divorce and how it scarred and, and um, my future relationships with people, my understanding of life, uh, uh-huh. marriage, family. Um, so I needed, I started to see a, a psychologist, you know, to help me uh, piece together you know, those wounds from when I was a kid and growing up. And so you were still carrying baggage. I was still carrying a lot of baggage. And you didn't know about I it. I didn't know about it. Wow. Yeah. And it came out during this whole process. Yes. Through yeah. the psychological through evaluations. The, yes. And so, you know, you know, I was already at that point, I was very serious about doing the will of God. So, uh-huh. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Like, this is who I am, Lord. This is who I am, Father Clint. This is who I am. This is my background. And, you know, I want to do your will, Lord. Uh-huh. So... Um, I was turned down and I thought, well, maybe Lord, maybe just ask me to go through this to address these issues. Okay. And so, you know, I was at Rusk Elementary for two years from 05 to 07. And then I applied or put my application into the archdiocese to uh, teach and coach in the Catholic schools. And so in August, or, uh, May of 2007, I get a call from the principal from St. Francis de Sales Catholic School. And then, so I go in for an interview um, just, you know, right after teaching, uh, PE at Rusk. I was uh-huh. sweaty and smelly, stinky, and <laughs> running around with the kids. And uh, so I show up there on one uh, afternoon, and she hired me as the boys' PE coach. And then, so at that point, I'm thinking, "Gosh, this is pretty awesome. My, my career has taken off. Yeah. I started to coach uh, sports there at the at the St. Francis de Sales Catholic School. And but also the 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 tug of the priesthood is still on my heart. So it still wasn't it enough for you. It still wasn't enough. You that know, you were a coach and you were working at a Catholic school. Yes. And so it, it was pretty awesome to see um, the, 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 uh, the differences, you know, the public school and the Catholic school and just the, being able to take the kids to adoration, you know, to pray oh. with them. You know, I said, I don't, hey, I told the boys, like, I don't care that we're in PE. Uh-huh. We're not going to leave God outside uh-huh. Uh, of, of this gym. We're going to invite God into our hearts in this uh-huh. gym. So we're going to go and pray, you know, whether it's like a Hail Mary or, or, or our father in yeah. front of our, of our Lord uh, there in adoration. Then we uh-huh. go and do the activity. And and so I was, you know, processing this opportunity of of coaching and also the, the thought of priesthood still on my heart. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, um, I was coaching a track and field there at St. Francis de Sales with the kids, and we would use straight Jesuits uh, track and field. So we'd go over every day about 4.45, 5 o'clock. They'd have football practice, and then we'd uh, uh, use the track and field when they got finished. And And the coach, uh, the head football coach at the time, uh, Coach Counter, you know, he asked me, he's like, hey, uh, would you like to be an assistant football coach here at oh. Jesuit? I thought, wow. This is it. This is it. I'm like, <laughs> wow, okay, Lord. <laughs> you know, next step and uh, on the career path. And so I accepted. And so what I would do is I would still, I would teach uh, boys PE throughout the day. Then at three o'clock, I would drive over to Jesuit for football practice. Uh And uh, so that was in the spring of 2008. So that's happening, but also this, these desires in my heart are are about priesthood. And, you know, Lord, is this your will? Uh What is your will for my life? And so I'm just making, I'm being proactive, you know, prayer life and going to mass every day, uh-huh. uh, which was huge. I mean, I just made it uh, 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 and very important. Like this was non-negotiable. Like I'm going to go to go to mass. I'd go to Jesuit 
or Annunciation when I was at Rusk, you know, at 6.30 or 6, 7.25 there at uh, Jesuit, uh-huh. and then um, go to school after that. And now, at this point, you already dealt with uh, the issues that you had. Yeah, from- yeah, and I, and I was uh, seeing a, a Catholic psychologist, you know, from time to time, just uh-huh. to, again, processing, uh, you know, certain uh, situations, experiences from my childhood and, you know, piecing together the brokenness and like, okay, allowing the Lord to heal those wounds uh, in my heart and which is very beautiful. I mean, it was, it was, it was not easy at uh-huh. first, you know, just saying that I wanted to go through with this. Yes. And, but now it's, it's been beautiful. Now, during this point, after you got rejected the first time with the seminary, did you pursue dating? Try I did. To find- yeah, I did. Um, you know, I was talking with um, a, a priest and I was telling to talking to him about all my you know, struggles, the journey, and, you know, should I date? Should I not? And he's like, Preston, you need to date. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, I will. So he told you that. Yeah. It was just like, it gave me a freedom. I mean, uh-huh. again, I better, I understood better, you know, this idea of freedom and what pure dating looks like and uh-huh. what a good relationship looks like. And so I was pursuing very cautious, but nonetheless, I was making that decision. And, you know, was, God had put some good, solid Catholic women in my life. And, mm-hmm you know, talking with them and, you know, going on dates with them. And, and uh, when the mud settled, you know, nothing, there was no uh, strong desire uh, to continue down that path of, you know, whether it was, you know, a, a possible engagement or just uh-huh. even going on a few, several more dates. It just, it wasn't there. It just So there was no one girl that you left to go into the seminary? No, no. Um, you know, there, there were... There was a few, but it wasn't like I was dating one for two or three years, and we were very serious. We were talking about marriage. That wasn't the case. Okay, so yeah. it was you were dating around, yeah. having you know good relationships, but nothing super serious. Nothing super serious. Yeah. So, at what point did you reapply to the seminary? So this was in the spring of two thousand and nine. I'm thirty at the time. Okay, and I'm getting ready. You know, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Getting old, and I have to for an athlete, yes, for for an athlete, yes. And so, you know, I wanted to put to rest this idea of priesthood, okay. And because I said, okay, I want to get married, I want kids, and you know, I don't want to be, uh, I want to be still young when I'm having kids, you know, having four, five, six, whatever the Lord wanted. But uh-huh. I need to put the priesthood to rest. So I said, I need to apply one more time, and then I'm moving on. Because at the time, you know, I was coaching at Jesuit, and careers taken off. But I still had this idea that God is might still be calling me to be a priest. Uh-huh. So I reapplied with Father Dad, actually, in 2009. And I already known him. He wasn't like a coming to him, you know, for the first time. Okay. So we already had conversations and we had met before that. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, laid everything my whole life out on the table. This is who I am. This is my past. This is my family. This is my relationships. Uh-huh. This is these are my desires and went through the process. It was late in the game. It was, uh, I think it was March 30th. I just uh, helped out at a, a awakening retreat for, uh, well, I think it was through the University of Houston, Greater Houston area. And then and there was a just a, a spark, a light in, in my heart that I needed to do this one more time. And did you so, think that, oh, they're just going to reject me again? I did. I did. So, I said, so you went in thinking they're going to reject me again? Let me just get this over with, yeah. and then I can go back to coaching. Yes, and, and, and then I was done. 
I was uh-huh. like, take me off the email list. Uh-huh. I don't call me. I'm done. Uh-huh. Like I'm. This chapter is going to be closed after you tell me no. You just wanted that closure. I just wanted that closure. Okay. And that was it. That was it. Because I, you know, I was thinking marriage. You know, I didn't want 10, 20, 30 years from now, looking back and saying, what if I had applied one more time? Uh-huh. I just wanted to put it to rest. Yes. And move forward. And so I applied, and again, I was completely honest with everything. Uh-huh. And I was accepted on May 20th, 2009. And I knew there was an a interior peace that I never experienced before, that I knew this was from God. Really? Yes. You knew that this I was knew, the right thing. I knew this was the right path, the right decision, um, because of all that I'd been through. Now, when that happened, what was it like telling, you know, okay, I can't coach anymore. I've got to resign, all of that. Was that tough for you? Because, you know, you, you that was your goal, to be a, a football coach. Was that was that hard to let that go? Yes. So I remember in early, it was a couple of weeks before that, when I knew that, I didn't know officially at that point, but I, there was a good inkling and idea that I was going to get accepted. And so after the athletic banquet at St. Francis de Sales uh, Catholic School, it was a Friday night, everything's done, I'm in my office, and I'm crying. Oh. Just bawling. This is my dream, Lord. Wow. And I never forget the this conversation you know, with the Lord. Uh-huh. Do you love me enough? Do you love me enough? And do you trust me enough to let go? And I never forget, yes, Lord, I trust you. Wow. And I was crying. I thought I'll never coach again. Wow. Yeah, because this was the dream. This you was were right it. there. I mean, I, I had it. Uh-huh. I had it. And I said, Lord, okay, let's go. But it, it was it was hard. I had come to this understanding more about uh, marriage, family, human sexuality, the theology of the body, uh-huh. and giving up a wife, the sacrifice of giving up a wife and kids, uh-huh. and all that made sense to me. Like I could not that it made it easy, but I could understand it better. Mm-hmm. But it was the leaving the coaching that was difficult. That was the harder part. That for was you. the harder part for me. Wow. Yeah. So when you when you entered the seminary, did you say, "This is it"? I know for sure I'm going to make it all the way, or were you still like, oh, "I could still go back to being a coach if this doesn't work out"? There were a few moments like that, but for the most part, this was it. This, unless, unless you know, the the vocation director or the formator said, "No, Preston, we definitely don't think you're called to be a priest." But in my mind and heart, I knew this was it. You went in with the mindset of, I'm going to see, the, um, see this thing all the way all through. All the way through, yes. Wow. Without having to look back. No looking back. So what was it like going in? You know, was it what you imagined it would be, the seminary? It blew me away. Really? It rocked my soul in a good way, in How's an that? awesome way. When I got to, uh, when I arrived at the University of Dallas at Holy Trinity Seminary, you know, meeting some good guys and actually some athletic guys, I thought, hey, this is awesome. Uh-huh. And uh similar background and stories and hearing their journeys. And, you know, so we get up there and, you know, I'm still wanted to be involved in sports. And so we have an intramural football team, the seminarians. Okay. And uh the first year that, that I'm there in 2009, we win the intramural championship at the University of Dallas. And oh. on, on the surface, it may not be a big deal. Like, okay, who cares? But, you know, s- seminarians playing sports, playing football and winning the football, you know, at a small university at free intramurals, uh-huh. you know, it was a big deal for the whole campus. So you played against other teams that weren't seminary. That, yes. Played against just normal uh, college students. Oh. 
And that's so cool. we, we had a, a good squad and we went back to back. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So it was it was a pretty uh pretty neat and was this tackle football? No, or no. flag football. <laughs> flag football. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although at times you might have to question, is that are they playing tackle or is that flag? <laughs> uh-huh. But it was still very competitive. Very I'm sure. competitive, yes. Yeah. And then so at what point of you being in the seminary did you say, you know, this is this is where I'm meant to be? Was it right away? Did you say, oh, I made the right decision to reapply, or was it something gradual? At that point, it was um, the attitude of this was the right decision. There was there were very little regrets or, you know, maybe I should have waited or why did I do this? I uh-huh. didn't have any of that at that point, you know, when mm-hmm. I entered in 2009. Going into the, into the seminary, so you, you said Dallas. Mm-hmm. How many years were you there? Two years. Two years in Dallas, and then, oh, because you already had a degree. I had a degree, correct. So I just did philosophy. Okay, and then you came to, to St. Mary's. Mary's. Correct. And then how many years were you here? Uh, five years at St. Mary's. So four theology, and then one pastoral year. Okay, and, and where did you spend your pastoral year? At St. Anthony of Padua, up in the woodlands. Who was the pastor there at the time? Uh, Father Tom Rafferty. What was that like, going in there, being, you know, being in the parish? Yeah, Th- that was incredible, because again, going back to 2009, uh-huh. leaving coaching and then walking out of that my office crying knowing that at least at the time I would never get to coach again. Uh-huh. This is it. Yes. So I get up to St. Anthony Padua in the woodlands and the principal reaches out to me. Preston, we know your background. We know you coached basketball at St. Francis de Sales uh-huh. School. We're looking for a boys basketball coach. Thought, oh my gosh. What? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Will you coach the boys' basketball team? Uh-huh. Thought, well, let me ask Father Tom, see if it's okay. So I talked to him. He said, yeah, sure, go for it. So myself and this other gentleman uh, coached the sixth, or the set, primarily the 7th and 8th grade boys' basketball teams at the Catholic school there at uh, St. Anthony of Padua. And that was just incredible. I, just, I was in a dream, it yeah. seemed. You, you've got the best of both worlds at yeah. that point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it was a neat experience coaching them and uh, teaching confirmation and being up there for a year just to really immerse myself in, in the life of a parish and what it would what it's like, you know, from the, on this side of being a priest. Mm-hmm. So now in the seminary, we always ask this of our our guests: what what was life like in the seminary when it came to pranks? Did you experience a lot of pranks? I did not. I didn't prank anybody, and I didn't care to be pranked. So. You, you, did you witness any pranks? Mm, I didn't witness any pranks. Per, like I didn't see any scenarios, uh-huh. but I, I would see the uh, what they did, whether to somebody's room or, or whatnot. What kind of things did they do at that time? Uh, they turned stuff upside down in people's rooms. Nothing too edgy. Nothing too edgy. Okay. But you were more there for uh, yes. studying. Study. Let's get, Let's, you know. Yes. So you were a little bit more serious. A little bit more serious, yeah. Another thing that um, some of the seminarians or priests, they said when they were in the seminaries, they, they had experience with what what you call chalice chippers or cassock chasers, girls who are trying to <laughs> grip. I mean, let's face it. You're a good looking guy. You're really fit. You know, I, I could see a girl saying, hey, you know, he could, he could make a good husband. You know, did you have any experience while you were in the seminary, while you were in Dallas? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, we encounter people all the time and whether mothers, you know, wanting a good 
guy for their daughters and yeah, it, it's to deny that reality is is not good, uh-huh. you know. But it, just to be aware, yes, you know. And there's a, there's a help that that sacrificial um, um, element to it. Like, yes, this is what I'm sacrificing, uh-huh. and and it's also good discernment. Is God calling me to priesthood? Can I say, Lord, are you asking me to sacrifice this particular woman and these future kids? Mm. Um, and it's so, this is why it's so important that we men who are called to be priests have that understanding that I am attracted to women and to particularly one wife and kids. You know, this is uh-huh. who we are. This is the theology of the body. I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there were those temptations, those attractions. And, but just to, again, the awareness and God's grace, God, are you going to give me this grace to see this vocation through? And then, of course, you were able to to go through that. Yes. <laughs> After your pastoral year, you go back into the seminary. I'm sure you're you're reinvigorated. What was that like going back into after after you know your pastoral year? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard because uh, you know I got a sense of what parish life is like, and this uh, it, the 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 Holy Spirit just really convicted my heart that you're on the right path. Uh-huh. And this is how God is going to work through you to, with your gifts and talents, to, to help people, help the body of Christ, help help people in need. And so there were some challenges, you know, going back of, you know, going back into the dorm, the studies, which were good, but it just really uh, excited us, excited me that you know priestly voca- uh, priest uh, priestly ordination coming up in two years, and uh-huh. you know what the, the possibilities were. Did you get impatient? Like, oh. He's- Two yeah. years, it'll oh, take yeah. too long. Yes, <laughs> there was definitely some impatience. And uh, Was it hard letting go of the coaching again? It was. And now, funny story. So the spring semester going into our uh, our last semester and right before priestly ordination, you know, so so my classmates and I are talking and kind of wondering, you know, where we're going to be assigned and, uh-huh. you know, and, and I, so I start joking that, well, how need it be? If I get placed in a parish with a Catholic school that has a football team, <laughs> I coach, I help coach the football team, uh-huh. and we win the championship. Uh huh. So this is spring of 2016. Uh huh. So fast forward, Cardinal DiNardo gives me my assignment on that Friday, June 3rd. You've been assigned to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Get there in, uh, f- um, in June. Uh huh. Football season starts other six men in August. And so Father Reynolds, very grateful for him for allowing me the opportunity to, to coach. And then also the other coaches allowing me to help out. Uh, we win the championship. Wow. So it was neat. I mean, just to be able to coach as a priest. Uh-huh. Uh, so I helped coach uh, the football team and I coached the sixth grade boys uh, basketball team and it helped out with track and field uh, that first year. So it was neat. So you lived both dreams it, it at was, the same it time. It was incredible. <laughs> You know, looking back in 2009, when I says, you know, when the Lord says, do you trust me? Uh-huh. Yes, Lord, I trust you. Wow. And then, and then you fast forward and- Championship coach. Championship coach. As so a let's rewind. Where did you spend your diaconate year? Uh, St. Vincent de Paul. What was that like? Yes. It was, um, it was good, but I was only there twice a month, two weekends a month. Mm, okay. So it was hard to get to know the people, you know, try to be involved mm-hmm. as much as I possibly could, but we were still taking classes- at the seminary. So it wasn't like your pastoral. No, no, which, which was a challenge for me because I really enjoyed 
you know, being with people, being, they have a Catholic school there, but I couldn't be as involved as I, as I could. And you couldn't coach any teams either. Couldn't coach any teams. Because you're only there twice. Twice a month, yes. Okay. For the masses, yeah. Now, going into your, into your ordination, what do you remember the most about that ordination day? My mom and dad and the, the struggles and the journey that we had all been on, the three of us. Because uh, I remember when I began to apply the second time in, in uh, spring of 2009, I didn't tell them. I didn't tell a oh. lot of people. I told the people that I needed to tell, uh-huh. but I didn't tell my mom and dad because of the fear that, well, I'm going to get rejected. So then I'm going to have to tell them, well, I'm, I've been rejected again. And so now I'm just going to go back to coaching. And So they knew you were rejected the first time, but yes, they didn't know that you were not know. applying again. How did they react the first time you applied? Uh, surprised and reserved, hesitant. Um, you know, I'm the only son. Uh-huh. So kind of in, in their minds. And I mean, just the... On the surface, the the reality of well, our last name dies, Quintella. Uh, uh-huh. But um, so there's been a lot of grace, and there was a lot of grace in their own hearts and their journeys um, with me as I journeyed to you know priestly ordination. And so I remember my dad calling. The, the, this is um, a week before my diaconate ordination in 2015. He calls me. And he says, son, what's a mortal sin? What's a venial sin? Uh-huh. I want to go to confession. I'd been in, he said, I think 30 years at that point. Wow. And I just I almost had to pull over. Like I was in tears. I was like, this is wow. a moment of grace. Wow. Like he said, I just want to be ready for your diaconate ordination. Yeah. And it really just, it was incredible just to see God's love and mercy moving in their own hearts. And, uh-huh. You know, because I tried to, as much as I possibly could, to keep them involved. You know, when they mm-hmm. talk, when they asked, you know, how was your day? I would be very intentional about, well, this is what I did today. I woke up this morning, went uh-huh. to the liturgy of the hours, then went to class, or if mm-hmm. it was on pastoral year, just the, all the mm-hmm. activities and what I was doing, just so they could hear that their son was happy, yes. joyful, is okay. Yes. Um, so that's that's something I try to convey to them. Did they see a change in you? Did they say? Uh, did they see uh, like how you were being shaped? We've never had that conversation. They never expressed it um, uh-huh. that, you know, like that. Like, I've, hey, I see this in you. I've uh-huh, seen yeah. this change. Uh, but I would say, yes, they probably could see some kind of change. And then so talking to them that kind of kind of put them at ease yes. with their discomfort with you becoming a, a priest. Yes. So you said during your diaconate, that's what, that's what hit you. Yes, and then so then at the priestly ordination, uh-huh. it was just, it, it was incredible. I mean, just to see my mom and dad there and being a part of the uh, ordination and, you know, sitting right up there in the front pew and um, the joy that they had on their uh, face and tears and excitement and it was a neat. That was, the, that's the one thing that you'll always remember mm-hmm. about your ordination. I mean, besides the... Uh, having my hands consecrated. I mean, uh-huh. there was that element, obviously, of but I mean, just the, the journey that my mom and dad had been on up until that point. Wow. Yeah. Was there any particular moment that really affirmed your vocation? Yes. I would say there were two moments, really three moments, three big pivotal moments in this call, in this process, this journey. Uh, because one, I come from divorced parents, broken household, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, th- there was some stability after the divorce, but uh-huh. I thought God doesn't call men like me. I come from divorced parents. I've played sports. I've had girlfriends. I've uh-huh. had a career. You know, in my thinking, my shallow thinking, I think, no, God, you definitely do not call men like me. I'm but not that type of guy. I'm not that type of guy. <laughs> I'm a sinner, Lord. I, uh-huh. So I moved out here to Houston in 2000, August of 04. And in 2005, during the summer, I had already completed a year of grad school at Uni- University of Houston and University of St. Thomas. Uh-huh. And I was just perusing on the internet, uh, in Catholic internet art- articles. And I come across this article that says, former University of Buffalo quarterback leaves potential millions to study to be a priest. Wow. Wow. And this guy had finished third in passing behind Ben Roethlisberger and Byron Leftwich. Wow. In I think it was 02 or 03. And so that really played a huge point. I still have this article. I highlighted, I mean, he was, you know, fraternity guy. I mean, Uh party guy. And I could relate to this guy. It It was a moment of grace. Now, I still had a lot of work to do. But uh-huh. definitely reading that article and hearing about his own story and his calling to the priesthood really helped me. The second one was uh, in 2008, I just started coaching high school football at Jesuit as an assistant football coach. So that summer, all the coaches attended the Texas High School Coaches Conference in San Antonio. We leave on a Sunday, and then on Wednesday morning, we leave San Antonio, the conference, and we're on our way back. We stop at Flying J Restaurant X at 583. There's a Denny's restaurant inside the Flying J. Okay. Have my plate of food. Flat screen television on the wall. Fox News is on. It says the caption read, former professional soccer player leaves millions to study to be a Catholic priest. It was uh, now Father Chase Hilgenbrink. And I just listened to this. I mean, the... there was no coincidence. Like the, the <laughs> fact that I was there yeah. at that exact moment uh-huh. in this interview, this live interview that he's doing with this news station blew me away. Uh-huh. Because again, the, the mindset of like, God doesn't call men like me yeah. because of my background. Yeah. And here it was, you know, fast forward three years from uh, reading about that story about Joe Freedy and now Chase Hillsbrink, like Preston, uh-huh. I do call guys like you. You're going to be fine. And I just was blown away at that encounter, listening to his story. And so that was the second one. The third one was meeting uh, St. John, well, Pope John Paul II in 1997. Uh, there at the Vatican uh, with Father Joe. And it took several of us over there um, for a, a pilgrimage. And so getting to meet him and not knowing really at the time his own story. And I was more enthralled about meeting a professional athlete than I was about meeting the Pope. I uh-huh. thought, Who, who's this guy in white? Uh-huh. type of mentality. But uh, so I still have a picture of me shaking his hand. And uh, after he died and, and his, uh, the, this call started to grow stronger and stronger, you know, looking at his own journey and his own call and his own struggles that he went through really uh, played a pivotal part. So those are three big events, uh, moments of grace uh, that I would say helped me to make this decision that God was calling me to the priesthood. So you get your first assignment. And then, like you said, football coach and all that, you're living the life. Yes. That's fantastic. How long were you there? Three years, from 2016 until June of 2019. What parish was this again, did you say? St. Elizabeth Ann Oh, Satan. Yes. Yeah. So you're there for three years. Was it hard letting that one go after you? Yeah, that was it? very difficult. Especially yeah. after winning the championship, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was uh, it was difficult. I, I had a lot of tears. Uh, the the final mass and, and uh-huh. celebration uh, there in that uh, last Sunday in June, and then I would start. Uh, I was uh, reassigned to Saint Cecilia um, here on Bunker Hill in I ten uh-huh. uh, for actually just ten months. Okay. Yeah. And, and so just ten months there, and then and then I was uh, assigned as a parish administrator down in Sweeney, West Columbia. Because that um, that priest was moved over to St. Jude uh, Thaddeus in the Highlands. Okay. Because the priest had died there, I think, in January 20. So that domino effect. And so okay. Sweeney in West Columbia needed a, a priest down there. So I've been down there now a little over two years. Okay. May 1st, 2020 was when I was assigned down there. And that's just part of, you know, living the life living as a priest. Living the life as yeah. a priest, yes. Do you kind of think of it as like you being an athlete? Hey, I got traded to another team, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, there's some uh, similar elements. I mean, some NIL deals and uh, transfer portal. and <laughs> Yeah, but it, there's definitely some uh, uh, freedom there. Like, hey, I'm at the whim of the bishop, you know. If, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I, I immerse myself in the life of whatever parish or now parishes that I'm at. And, and that's where I'm going to bloom. And so then I don't think like, what, what am I going to do in five years? Like, no, I'm in five years. I'm going to be in Sweeney, West Columbia, or I could be somewhere else. And mm-hmm. So it's it's very- So there's no word as to where you may end up after this. No. And if, is this one of those, if I'm not mistaken, this is a small, uh, like two buildings as well, right? Like how you said earlier? Yeah, they're two uh, physical churches. Mm-hmm. Um, Two, I mean, yeah, two two names: Our Lady of Perpetual Help in uh-huh. Sweeney and uh, Saint John the Apostle in West Columbia. So there's always been one priest to serve uh, those two parishes, and they are nine. It's nine miles apart. And you're there now. And how far is that from here, from Houston? Uh, about sixty miles, sixty-five miles. Oh wow! Thank you for driving all the way out yeah. here. <laughs> so you, we talked about you being an athlete. What what's your regimen like? Because I mean, you're you're pretty fit. I got to say that. I, I noticed that during the basketball game. I'm like, wow, Father Preston, he's, you know, he's he, he's really fit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're running there on the court with guys half your age. Yeah, Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lord, please help me to. <laughs> what's, what, what's, what's your, um, what's your regimen like? Uh, it's pretty sporadic right now. Okay. I might run, you know, a mile or two with some weights, some small dumbbells, uh-huh. uh, with strength training shoes or flip tires, or I've got a lot of workout equipment in my garage. It's kind of a small gym. Okay. Um, or I'll do, uh, yard work, um, moving heavy rocks. I just bought some, um, heavy limestone rocks that put around the trees. And uh-huh. so I'll use that as an opportunity to, to work out and, uh, try to stay, physically active and, and fit and also in anticipation of the basketball game. <laughs> so, but yeah, so, I mean, just growing up, you know, playing sports from uh-huh. sixth grade all the way up uh, through a year in college, uh, playing college football, really instilled some good uh, physical uh, regimens uh, in my daily routine. So you did play in, in college? One year. One year? Yes. What position did you play? Wide receiver. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. So you do have to be fast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it, uh, well, I actually walked on at Angelo State University in 1998, uh, spring. Nice. Yeah. So do you still get to play football? No. Flag football I, or anything I'm, like that? Uh, no, I haven't in a, in a long time. It's been actually a few years since I've just played flag football. But I try to stay away from uh, just the, the injuries and, and whatnot, just the uh, contact and uh, my ages and, and bones is starting to show. 
How old are you right now? 43. 43. Okay. Yeah. It's not that old anymore, 43. Oh, no. But still, as an athlete, That's yeah. So do you have a hard time trying to schedule, you know, working out with this, you know, with the schedule of being a priest? It is a challenge, definitely a challenge, but uh, try to stay super intentional about, you know, working out. Like this morning, you know, I went to go shoot baskets with our coach uh, uh, at St. Thomas More. Then after this, I'm going to go to the 24-hour fitness. So I just trying to be there for the people. If I'm going to be there for the people, I also have to take care of my physical health mm-hmm. and spiritual health, obviously, but the physical aspects. So I, I try to get in. It could be a 20-minute workout. I try to do something every single day. Squeeze something in here Squeeze. and there, wherever you can. Yes. What about the diet What you know, to stay as fit as you are? I Sorry, s- I'm picking <laughs> your brain right now. I-, <laughs> I definitely try to stay away from sodas, uh, Sweets, I, you know, I enjoy sweets, um, and I do eat them, but I don't, uh, I don't, I try to say thank you, but please pass this on to somebody uh-huh. else. Um, so, and I, even I if you do, you don't gorge on them. No, right <laughs> no. So, every so often, but for the most part, I try to stay away from those two um, food items. But you're not like a vegetarian or anything. Not like a vegetarian. That, no. I mean, I don't have a strict diet, but. Um, so we talked about the basketball game. All right. How how did you were you one of those who was instrumental in getting it started? Uh, the the power of the Holy Spirit uh, convicted us, and uh, kind of some background story there. In I think it was a third theology. Uh, another seminarian had sent an email out about uh, the Mundelein basketball tournament, um, pretty big, where several seminary seminaries will go up there every January to compete in uh, this basketball tournament, like sixteen seminaries. So I got uh, word of this. I was like, why aren't we doing this? Uh-huh. So we formed a team and, and uh, flew up there in January of 2016 and uh, competed well. I mean, there's, uh, jo- Father Joseph White uh, uh, was part of that team. Okay. Um, and uh, so we, we did okay. Not great, but okay. Um, and then as we were, we had also competed against Holy Trinity Seminary uh, the next month in February of 2016. And we noticed that there were a lot of people, young families out there that we had met in our pastoral year assignments and and whatnot, just to try to, you know, bridge that gap, you know, letting these young people, young boys see us outside the collar uh-huh. and helping them to think like, yeah, I, I could be, you know, like so-and-so and and uh, there he is catching a pass, there he is shooting a basket. And uh, uh-huh. so I was like, what can we do to carry this forward? And I also, I had Talked to Father TJ, who was the vocation director at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, Father TJ, you know, do you think we could have a pre-seminary basketball game when I was still in the seminary? And he says, Preston, we don't have enough talent on the priest team or the priest right now. Uh-huh. You guys would destroy us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was probably April, I think, uh, 2016, where some of us are sitting around the the uh, table there at the, in the cafeteria and seminary and think, what about a pre-seminary basketball game here in Houston, Galveston, uh-huh. Houston? So we'd heard about several um, t- um, games popping up throughout the country, Louisiana, Minnesota, Arizona, uh, Los Angeles, Orange County, whatnot. I thought, why not here? Uh-huh. So, I, you know, it wasn't somebody had to take the bull by the horns and, and spearhead it. So it was, I mean, it wasn't just me. It was like where there were several other, uh, or a few pre-seminarians at the time uh, discussing this idea. And so I just took it and ran with it and, you know, started to form, form a team and talk to the seminarians and said, Hey, 
you guys want to do this. Chris Meyer, you know, was part of that uh-huh. uh, initial founda- uh, founding of the first game. And and then so we formed a team. And our first coach was uh, Coach Dominic um, Amarosa from Straight Jesuit. Mm-hmm. And um, we had no idea how big or small it was going to be. <laughs> I, I, we had no idea. It's like, we're just going to throw it out there. Uh-huh. And I remember this, the idea, like, go big or go home. Uh-huh. And uh, there was no uh, small gym mentality. We're going to go big. Okay. And uh, if it's a flop, okay, then we'll, we'll scale back. Yes. And then so uh, April 2017, we have the inaugural event. And I remember talking with Coach Dominic at the time. It was before the game started. You know, we're still warming up. And, and I asked him, uh, Coach, how many people do you think are here? Oh, I was probably about 1,500. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, great. I mean, this is pretty – I was like, Lord, if we just have 500 people. Yes. <laughs> this will be great. First time event. Uh-huh. First quarter ends. People are still filing in. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> so one of our assistant coaches, uh, Coach Mouton, I asked him to be a, um, a ref. And uh-huh. he thought, yeah, I'll, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So he's a track coach at St. Uh, Thomas More. So he shows up late. I'm like, Coach, where you been? It's like, I thought this was a pre-seminary basketball game. It is. <laughs> because he he was so blown away by how many people were there. Oh yeah. Um, so that's how that got started. And then it just started to blow and up. It just blew up. Um, I mean, this last one, I I was talking to one of the security guys um, over at Rice, and he was like, "I've never seen it this full." Wow. He said, "Yeah, I've never seen it this full." Like uh, Father Christopher was saying, "Yeah, one of these days." We'll be in Toyota Center. <laughs> That's how That's, big of a crowd is, yeah. is being drawn in. Yeah. Now, speaking of Father Christopher, he's spoken in his interview about <laughs> the head games that you've played with him. <laughs> is it fun messing with him? It is. I, the first game in 2017, I fouled him on a three-point uh, uh, shot. Uh-huh. And so he had three free throws. And I'm standing there to his right. Okay. And at the top of the... The, uh, the free throw line uh-huh. uh, on the side and I'm just talking trash to him. I mean, it was like, hey, Christopher, you got a sexy beard. Hey, hey, Chris, how's the, how our class is going? And he misses all three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been good. You know, the, the fraternity, the camaraderie and, uh-huh. uh, you know, helping bridge also that gap with, with seminarians, you know, being ordained and, uh-huh. and you know, kind of, uh, there's that fraternity already being built. Uh-huh. Uh, in place, you know, having Father Joseph White, Father Jacob Ramirez, <laughs> Father Houston, Father David Michael Moses, uh, even then Father Ryan Stallways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been neat, you know, just to build up the the priesthood like that. I still can't get over how Father Christopher said you were in his head for a year. I know, I couldn't believe that. Like, <laughs> man, Chris. <laughs> now, now speaking of this this last game. The last game, it was pretty much a blowout of sorts. Yes. What do you attribute that to? Uh, the fact that we can't practice every single week, uh, and it's hard for us to come together. You know, the seminarians, they all are there at the, at the seminary uh-huh. in one place. They can walk over to the gym. They don't have uh, liturgical duties. They don't get uh, uh, spiritual emergencies uh, where they have to go to the hospital. And uh-huh. um, so we're... Th- that is a factor. That's you think that's the biggest factor because I think athletically you guys were still you know you were right there with them. I mean mm-hmm. they they do have some young guys like Keenan yeah. and Arturo. Yeah. Um. But I mean like you were keeping up with them. Father David Michael was. You know. Um. A, a, 
there was still, I mean, athletically, yes, but they're just, you know, I guess it's really them just being able to play as a unit, huh? Yeah, and they do have those three tournaments that they play in every year against Assumption in San Antonio, uh-huh. the either the Josephinum or the Mundelein and Holy Trinity. So where they get good game experience, and again, they're playing every week. The, yeah. the coach comes there every single, I guess, Monday or whatever it is. And so that does uh, play a factor. Even though, yeah, we have the talent, but just to being able to work together and uh, – uh, work as a cohesive unit on the court, you know, when different guys are in. And uh-huh. uh, so it does because of our schedules and the distance. Um, but we're, we've, uh, what we're doing now is we're coming together on Saturday mornings, at least once a month. Okay. Uh, so that way we, we had 10 guys out uh, a couple weeks ago. So you guys are able to prepare, able uh, yeah. to scrimmage, able to. Yes. And working on some skills, but that was the most we've had in the the six years that we've had this or going oh, on six years. Really? Like we've never been all together until actual game day for any of our practices. So 10 guys together, that's good. 10 guys together is good. Now, how do you plan on dealing with their height? Because you got a, they've got a I twin know. tower situation got- there with uh uh, with Luke and with Raymond. Raymond, yes. Yes. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. Because they're, what, what are they, like six, five, yes, six, uh, four, six, five? Luke is like six, five, six, six, and uh-huh. Raymond's six, four, something like that. I mean, yeah, they're the twin towers. And then the tallest on the priest team is what, like six, two? No, uh, we've got uh, um, Robert, Father Robert Murphy. He's about six, four. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's going to have to do the dirty work down yes. low with it. Yeah, he, Houston, and TJ mm-hmm. are the big, uh, stronger guys, bulky and taller, that'll have to deal with them down low. And then you'll be on the wings. I'll be on the wings. Running around with Keenan and with to, Arturo. And- <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but Father, or not Father, but, well, Father Chad Henry's younger brother has been accepted. Uh, Wesley mm, yes. Henry who has, I uh, have been told, a better athlete. Uh-oh. So we've got our work cut out for us. Okay, so now you've got brothers against each other, just like Like Father, Father Jacob, uh, Jacob and, and Father Nicholas, yeah, yeah. Now that they're on the same team. Uh, uh, yeah. So they've got that tradition going on of yes. two brothers playing each other. Yeah, <laughs> carrying on the tradition, yeah. yeah. So you're thinking you have a better chance this coming? I think so. Especially um, with Father Joseph. Father back Joseph, in- why, yes. So he he's a he'll be a great addition. Plus so. the the guys that have moved over. Yeah. Well, we got the secret weapon, Father Chris Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't be in his head this time. I right? know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he can get in the head of some of the other seminarians. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you won't be messing with him. You'll be like more more of positive enforcement. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. You can make the shot. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. I, come on, Chris. You got this. <laughs> Now, uh, before the game, it seemed like you were a little really focused. I, you know, I tried to interview you before the game. You're like, no, it's okay, not right now. Interview the other guys, it's good. Were you just really nervous about the game, or just you know nervous, just... focused? Yeah. But then afterwards, it was you know you were yeah. really relaxed, and you know it was it was a great experience to see the guys you know yeah in a different setting. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the sportsmanship afterwards as well. Yeah, that's something that's uh, been very beautiful. And, you know, when people ask me, Father, what do you think about the event or the games? Like, well, there's two different distinctions here. There's the the game itself, uh-huh. which was an awful performance for us priests uh, athletically. Uh-huh. Uh, but also the the event, the greater, the bigger picture, you know, to, to foster priestly uh, vocations here in this archdiocese, homegrown vocations where, again, these young people, these young boys— uh, can have a positive 
wholesome experience of, of priesthood because many times, um, you know, I was probably in that rare exception growing up, you know, my, my priest, Father Joe, then Father Joe would, you know, we'd go play uh, flag football, you know, after mass on Sundays, all the, uh, the altar boys and the parents would go out there. And so I got to see my priest outside of the collar. Uh-huh. And so that's what we're trying to, you know, provide is just, hey, that we're human, that yeah. we enjoy, we sweat, we enjoy playing uh, sports, we enjoy this game of basketball. Um, you can be a priest and an athlete. You can be a priest and an athlete, yeah. So uh-huh. then when they see us on, on the altar, the confessional, in our office, like, they know that, oh, wow, you know, I saw Father Preston out there, you know, getting schooled by Keenan and, you know, <laughs> missing a layup in front of 3,500 people. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you would say to somebody who's probably considering a vocation but is afraid to let go of something else like sports? Is yeah. that what you'd say to them? Yeah, I would say that God doesn't zap what he's given to us. He doesn't, he's not going to take anything away in that regards, like a gift, mm-hmm. you know, a musical gift, an athletic gift, uh, whatever it might be. He'll use it in a way that you're not going to understand. Like I didn't understand how the gift of coaching and teaching would be used to help out so many people. Uh-huh. Um, so some of my classmates, uh, you know, Father Nicholas is an engineer. Father Coy is, he enjoys art. He enjoys drawing. I mean, he's, he's got those particular gifts and God uses those gifts to, for the greater glory of God. And so well, that's what I tell young people or people, you know, whether young adults or in high school, like, look, God is not going to take this personal gift that he has himself has given to you. Uh-huh. You're just not going to understand how it's going to be used to help the team. Kind of like when you went into the seminary thinking, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm letting I, go of I, I, coaching. Yes, yes. I thought I will never my mindset walking out of St. Francis de Sales um Catholic school, I'll never coach again. I was I was convinced that I will never coach again. And I was preparing myself to be at peace with that. Uh, of course we would I mean working out and playing small games with guys here and there. But as far as the opportunity to coach as I have done, Mm -hmm. I never thought that. So what's your prediction for next year's game? 55-53 Priest. Oh, so you're predicting a close game, but you're going to eke out that win. Yes. All right. Well, we thank you so much for making the trip out here. The full share for, you know, coming and telling your story. Any last words that you'd like to, you know, convey to anyone who may be discerning a vocation? Be not afraid. Take that step and pray your rosary and just trust God. Just allow God permission to come into your heart and your mind, and he will guide you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rudy. God bless. God bless.